That's our biggest goal, to make sure kids around the community know these aspects of different culture, different languages. We all know that when we were kids, we always, you know, look up to the, you know, bigger and older brothers and sisters who are, uh, you know, hanging out around us, and we always feel fascinated by them. And if you join our program, you will be those uh, uh, older brothers and sisters who are, uh, who can serve as like the role model for the kids. You're listening to Speaking of Language, a podcast recorded at the Language Resource Center at Cornell University. Each week, we explore a topic related to language pedagogy and second language acquisition. This week on Speaking of Language. We meet members of the team from FLIP, Cornell's foreign language introduction program, and learn about their plans for community outreach. Welcome to a new episode of Speaking of Language. I'm Angelica Kramer, the director of the Language Resource Center at Cornell University. And I'm Sam Lupowitz, the LRC's media manager. Sam, today we'll flip. Ah. We have uh, great, right? Oh, we I have some of our colleagues of the Foreign Language Introduction Program, or FLIP, in the studio with us. So let's start out with having each of you introduce yourselves. If you can tell us a little bit about your background with languages and your path with languages, that would be wonderful. Thamora, why don't we get started with you? Sure thing. So at Dika, I'm Thamora Fischel, and I'm the Associate Director of the Southeast Asia Program, which is part of the Mario Anaudi Center for International Studies. But I'm here today because... In my previous job, I actually got to teach as part of the mm. predecessor program to this. So I worked with a Burmese undergrad who uh, taught Burmese, and I taught the companion Thai class, and we did a lot of stuff about border crossing mm -hmm. and border issues. Um, but I'm helping advise this group of students here, here today who are kicking it off again post-pandemic under a new name. Mm -hmm. The previous program was called the After School Language and Culture Program, but now we're hoping to get out into the community in all sorts of new ways. But I'll leave it to them to share with you what they're, what they're planning. My name is Maxim Tkechuk. It's maybe a little, a little complicated to pronounce my last name, but it's, it, it is Tkechuk. You pronounce all the letters. Uh, I'm coming from Ukraine. And I've been here for the last seven years around all the different states all around the country and just having good time, learning languages, sharing my experiences. I, I personally speak uh, Ukrainian, Russian, and trying to speak English, I guess, for the last seven years. <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That's what all of us do that, right? Uh, and yeah, that's a, a great experience to be here today and just be here in this program because I feel like there is a lot to do in the community and we have... We have this ability to have a real nice exposure for mm -hmm. the program. That's uh, our biggest goal, to make sure kids around the community know different uh, uh, know aspects of different culture, different languages. So, yeah, I think that's going to be a good year for us, and we are looking forward to it. Great. So, hi, and my name is Irfan, and I come from Indonesia. So, yeah, this is my first month in the U.S. Uh, again. Uh, so previously, I was uh, an exchange student uh, in Florida, uh, which pretty much the same weather with Indonesia and kind of looking for, uh, like, 
I'm looking forward <laughs> for the winter in Ithaca because I've never experienced winter before. So, we'll check yeah. in with you again on that in a, in a few months and see <laughs> yeah, how yeah. happy you are. Exactly. <laughs> I love it but, yeah. uh, for a while. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, my language, uh, I'm speaking Bahasa Indonesia. It's uh, the native language of uh, uh, Indonesia and then also a dialect in the local region of uh, Indonesia called Javanese so it's the v- mm-hmm. with the V and it's not the coffee that you're sipping with uh, <laughs> it's a Java coffee so yeah uh, those are the things that I uh, talk those two languages the most and just like Max I'm still learning on English so yeah <laughs> happy to be here great um, hi everyone uh, my name is Chen Song Uh, like Max and Irfan, I'm also learning English in the U.S. So yeah, it's been the fifth year uh, that I am in the U.S. And I origin from China. And my native language is uh, Mandarin Chinese and Hokkien, which is a dialect widely spoken in Southeast China, Taiwan, and also Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm a third-year PhD student in uh, social cultural anthropology. And I was the... Education Outreach Coordinator for the FLIP. So I'm very excited to update you with uh, our new names and also like what uh, the new partners that we're going to be working with in our communities. Wonderful. So many languages represented at this table today. That's great. So welcome to Speaking of Language, the Mora, Chansong, Irfan, and Max. Thanks. We're delighted to be here. Okay, so let's jump into FLIP here. Um, Let's start out with a brief introduction of what it is, and we heard already a little bit, but but what are the goals and, and what units are involved again? Who wants to take that question? They're all looking at me, <laughs> and I want them to do the talking, but I'll, I'll, I'll talk about its goals just because um, it's really important for the volunteers, and we are looking for more volunteers, mm-hmm. um, but, but the volunteers who are Cornell students or other people affiliated with Cornell... Um, The goal is not language acquisition, sure. right? We know that if you're out doing this in the community um, as a volunteer, you're not going to have enough time and the participants aren't going to have enough time or necessarily focus and resources to really acquire a language. So our objective is to expose kids and other community members, but especially kids, mm-hmm. expose them to other languages and cultures. So it doesn't matter what language they're learning about. Mm-hmm. It's the experience of being exposed to other alphabets, other ways of writing and characters um, and people from other cultures or role models of people who've learned languages. So you don't have to be an international student to participate in this program. If you have a basic command of a language other than English, we would love to have you share the fact that you've been able to learn this language. Mm -hmm. And so if you can count and you know, sing a song or two or come up with a way to play a game in a foreign language, that's a really great way to, in a kind of very substantial, concrete way, expose kids in the community to other parts of the world, but in a way that helps people bridge difference, right? It helps them at least understand that you can learn to communicate with people from other backgrounds. So that's the that's the goal mm-hmm. is, is exposure and planting that seed of wanting Great. to learn a language when you get to college mm-hmm. or when you get to a place where you have that opportunity. Great. So what does the program look like and where does it take place? 
for the past summer, we have been reaching out to uh, more than 20 after-school programs as well as uh, local libraries across the Tompkins County, and more than half of them are willing to uh, work with us and then house our program. And we decided to work with three of these institutions uh, across the, the Tompkins County. One of them is in. Uh, Dryden Library, another one is Tompkins Public County Library, and another one is Trumansburg After School Program. Hmm. And we chose these three different locations because they are located in three different places mm-hmm. across the, the county in Ithaca, Trumansburg, and Dryden. So we think it's a good chance for us to bring our students, bring our volunteers to, uh, you know, like experience like different kind of like everyday life in the, in, in the places outside of Ithaca. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So... <clears throat> Yeah, I think this is uh, uh, where the program is going to be housed, and yeah, we're very ex- and all the program directors are very excited for us to be there, and the children will be more than excited as well. So, mm-hmm. yes. so you already hinted at who all is involved, and this is a very complex program, right? So we have the the wonderful graduate coordinators who are here uh, in the studio with us today. Obviously, um, we need community partners for that. Um, you mentioned Cornell volunteers and also the youth participants. Can you talk a little bit more about what the role of the Cornell volunteers is in this program? And maybe also, what's the age range for the participants? Is there a specific limit? What we want to achieve is actually uh, we want to find a volunteer from the uh, across the Cornell universities, right? So... Uh, we're looking for uh, everyone. Could it be the undergrad, graduate students, and I mean, everyone who wants to participate in this program is uh, it's very welcome uh, in this program. So, uh, like what uh, Tamara was saying previously, that we want to uh, to not to teach uh, the kids uh, about the uh, language itself, but about how they are uh, aware that there is uh, a world out there outside of the where they are currently knowing. So uh, with that goal in mind, so we want to uh, get them to grasp all the knowledge uh, from the, all of these volunteers. So uh, if we want, uh, so if you guys out there are really want to, uh, you know, just try to help us on how to how we want to expand the knowledge of the uh, the kids on the local community. So please join us and uh, uh, please check on the Flip uh, website or under the Mario Enaudi uh, Center. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the age range of the participating kids, mm-hmm. um, at least in after-school programs, ranges from uh, first grade through fifth grade, but more likely at about fourth grade is mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. the cap that way, um, just in terms of kids who participate in after-school versus sports. Sure, um, sure. Right. So, so, so kids who need some kind of supervision after school are generally the ones mm-hmm. in these types of programs around the county. In, in the past, we've really focused primarily on second and third grade. Th- those seem like a mm-hmm. really fun age to yes. work with. But mm-hmm. when uh, the events are held at public libraries, there's often a wider range of, course, of kids. Yeah. And so then the librarians that you work with will help kind of specify whether it's elementary. Mm-hmm. And there are some programs out in the school, uh, out in the libraries that might be looking for students who would want to work with uh, middle school students or sure. even teenagers. Um, you know, depending on the language and if it's connected to some other topic that they're doing. So 
For instance, if there's an anime club and there's a mm-hmm. volunteer who's willing mm-hmm. to do Japanese, there might be, you know, interest that way. Um, but the libraries are also excited to have events that are centered around certain cultural festivals or holidays. Um, so there's ways to be involved that are kind of more extended where you might go for a series of six or eight um, teaching sessions. Um, but as a volunteer, you could also say, this semester I'm a little busy. Maybe I could just do a one-off or sure. buddy up with somebody else mm-hmm, who speaks mm-hmm. my language and go assist them one day mm-hmm. so that I can bring my great idea or game that I know or song that I know um, to bear. And even for people who are just learning a language, um, we hope to buddy up so that you can really kind of bounce off of each other, mm-hmm. learn from each other, and mm-hmm. support each other. Great. Tell us what happens in a flip session. We're really open to having the volunteers come up with what they think will 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 hit right with the kids. So it's, if it's something that they're comfortable with and excited about, that's what they really should be doing. But but generally, you you learn things like, you know, hello, my name is basic greetings, right? The kinds of things that if you were to encounter someone, you'd want to be able to say, or really important things like where's the bathroom or please and thank <laughs> mm-hmm. you right and the and the trick of course is to make it fun and engaging we try to do things if these kids have been sitting in school all day if there's some kind of physical activity or snacks or a game you know something that doesn't feel like school would be another sort of structuring element of teaching in the program um, but generally you get an hour of time with them, um, you know, so you don't have a lot of time to fill, mm-hmm, so you have to mm-hmm. really plan it out sure. and have your supplies ready. Um, but all three locations are on uh, TCAT bus routes, yeah. and we provide bus passes. And if the timing nice. is tricky, um, we'll try to help coordinate rides. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're trying to make it as accessible as possible. And if we have a lot of volunteers, then we can expand to other organizations in in downtown Ithaca that mm-hmm, might be mm-hmm. in walking distance or further afield if we have sure. people who can drive places. So nice. uh, in the past, we've worked with, um, you know, even places that are about an hour away mm-hmm. uh, where they're connected to what was the public service center doing mm-hmm, other mm-hmm. kinds of tutoring. So uh, the sky's the limit. We can really, now that we're post-pandemic, or at least yeah. enough that the <laughs> schools are operating post-pandemic, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, we can really get out there in the community, and we're looking for volunteers to contribute ideas about mm-hmm. how to structure it. We're, um, you know, and Irfan and Max are, are, and even Chensong are new to it, um, but they, because we have a little bit of grant funding to relaunch the program, um, they're doing this, you know, with kind of devoted time that that is a job for them yep. to really help coordinate the volunteers and do some of the initial legwork. Great. I just wanted to adapt on this, what Justin Morris said. Why this program is also great, there is this opportunity to build up this program from the foundation. Basically, if you're uh, you know, uh, a volunteer in this program, for example, you can come to us, come to our office, and figure out the ways how to make this program better, figure out better places, new libraries, new mm-hmm. schools, etc. Besides this, you, ha- you also have this exposure to pedagogical experiences, Besides cultural uh, exchange, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. if you if that's something you're looking forward to, 
that's also a great opportunity for you. So yeah, as uh, as we all said, we're looking for new people to join this program as there is many, many opportunities to grow, to become a better person yourself. Yeah. When you're already kind of hinting at this here, but can you guys maybe expand a little bit more on why programs like this are important? Thinking about obviously not only the cultural and language exposure for the children, but also maybe following up on what you just said, Max, you know, thinking about the the value for the participants, like the the adult participants, the volunteers, and also maybe what it, what it brings for you personally, if you can talk a little bit about that. Yeah, let me just jump on this. Uh, being an international student myself in, in the country uh, actually brings you a lot of challenges. And programs like this, you're able to get exposure to the community. And uh, you actually, for example, you'll mm -hmm. be able to uh, better your, your English yourself. Sure. That's one of the most simplest things you can get from this program. Besides that, you're also going to have uh, better communication skills because talking to kids takes some challenge. <laughs> might be challenging from, times to from time to time. So that's something you can also work on. But yeah, based on my experience, uh, having... Uh, you know, a, a program uh, founded by school is very important because you see that school uh, cares about something like this and you understand that it's actually something important to be uh, international. Even though you may be local, you've never been out of the country, but sure. being international means you your point of view is broad enough to understand other people and make sure that you're acceptable to other other people's ideas and point of views which is, I guess, also a big big thing in our program. So, yes, that's one of the things, I guess, that programs like this bring to other lives. Uh, so just want to follow up Max's point. And I feel like uh, another thing which is very important is, you know, your relationship with the kids. And because, you know, we all know that when we were kids, we always, you know, look up to the, you know, bigger and older mm -hmm. brothers and sisters mm -hmm. who are, uh, you know, hanging out around us. And we always feel fascinated by them. And if you join our program, you will be those uh, uh, older brothers and sisters mm -hmm. who are, uh, who can serve as like the role model That's for nice. the kids. Uh no matter what kind of role model you want to be. Um, and <laughs> it is like a very interesting uh, dynamics because uh, I was a college volunteer for four years and I feel like uh, I de it's definitely like a very interesting relationship between me and the children. And they are, they're not just, uh, you know, like a student or they're not just like a person that you see like uh, like every two weeks or every week, but they're also uh, eventually they will become your friends and then you establish like a long-term relationship with each mm -hmm. other. Like some of them are still writing uh, like cards to me hmm. and some of them are still nice. writing notes to me yeah. uh, at this point. So uh, I think it's like a very interesting and very uh, genuine relationship that you can mm -hmm. uh, have for for your life. Great. How then can people learn more and get involved? And do you need to be a native speaker to participate as a volunteer? First of all, you don't need to be a native speaker to volunteer on this because we are we are really open to uh, all of the students and all of uh, also, like Max said, uh, it is uh, part of your learning as well. So mm -hmm. to better your language and uh, even it's English, like me, uh, Max, and also Chen Song here as well say that we're learning English. So we're not native speaker, and we can uh, also speak to the. Uh, to the kids to improve our language. If you want to join us in the FLIP program, so you can go to the Inaudi uh, Center for International Studies. Uh, it's located in Yuri's Hall. 
and near the Rusty's. So uh, you can go uh, get your coffee and then after that <laughs> go inside to the Inaudi to get to uh, know more about Flip. Or you can uh, check us out in the website. Uh, you go to the inaudicornell.edu. It's like E-I-N-A-U-D-I uh, dot cornell dot edu. So you go there and then you can search for the FLIP, the Foreign Language Introduction Program, and hit us up. Terrific. And we will uh, include a link to that in our show notes. Wonderful. Yay. Well, before we sign off, we'd like to ask each of you to share a word in a language that you speak, that you love, that you are learning, or that maybe you want to learn that makes you laugh. I do have something. It's Great. Doesn't necessarily make me laugh, but that's something I'm. I really want right now. You know, as the time goes to noon, I'm feeling a little hungry. Mm. So I just had this word. Uh, it's it's it, In Ukrainian, it means food. Huh? Uh, so yeah, that's that's something definitely gonna make me happy and laugh <laughs> when I'm gonna have it. So yeah, it's uh, oh. If you wanna say I am hungry in Ukrainian, uh, you should say Ya хочу. So it basically translates as, yeah, um, I want to eat. Basically, mm-hmm. I want to eat, yeah. So that's something that's going to make me happy really, really soon. Nice. Ooh, I think we've got a theme going here. Ooh, okay. So I was going to say something in Thai, but I want to do something that in Thai and in Burmese you often say when you meet people is sabibila, Hmm. which means, have you eaten? Uh-huh. doesn't matter when or where, you always say, sabibila, oh, meaning, have you eaten? Mm-hmm. And it's really just kind of like a check-in, like kind of like, what's up? Or, you know, I mean, you might not do it if you're not in a place where there's any food, but it's sort of that that very hospitable, uh-huh. welcoming, yeah. just making sure that, you know, if somebody's hungry or thirsty, you've checked in with them, so. We also have, like, very similar expression in Mandarin Chinese as well. Uh, we always say, 你吃了吗? It means that, did you eat? Did you eat yet? Mm. But uh, it doesn't actually necessarily mean they're asking you, like, if you eat or what do you want to eat. Uh, they're just checking you out. Like, how are you? You know, mm. what's up? Like, did you eat? Uh, it's like something which is like a very, very vernacular form of expressions. Uh, and I think it's really, really cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Well, Irfan, now, now it's on. Yeah, so... As others are uh, speaking about uh, eating and also eating, so uh, there's this one uh, sentence in uh, Indonesian, uh, in Bahasa Indonesia, that uh, we usually uh, say when we are still on, uh, you know, uh, trying to get close to someone. Like, uh, it's, it's basically like, have you eaten? Like, sudah makan belum? It's, it's something like, have you eaten yet? It's just like a, some sort of, a, uh, you know, uh, uh, what is it like a, a, a starter of the conversation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so sudah makan belum yeah. well, well Sam and I definitely can get behind this theme here so. yeah well I'm I'm really enjoying the very positive connotation of all these oh mm-hmm, thinking about mm-hmm. you know thinking about food makes you happy and I'm the same way but also I anyone who knows me well knows the reverse is true or sort of the uh, if I go without <laughs> food long enough I become very unpleasant so <laughs> oh, oh, are you thinking of the word hangry uh, yes <laughs> not so much a word that makes me laugh just a word that I identify with <laughs> Uh, well, this was wonderful. Thank you so much for speaking of language with us, Namora, Chinsang, Irfan, and Max. Next week, we will talk about Bruno. Yeah, yeah. Well, more precisely, we will speak with Bruno Shirley, a graduate student in the Department of Asian Studies here at Cornell. 
Tune in to hear about Buddhist sovereignty and accessible digital tools for students in the humanities and maybe even more of Angelica singing. I sure <laughs> hope so. Until then, Auf Wiederhören. The Language Resource Center is located on the ground floor of Stimson Hall on Cornell's main campus in Ithaca, New York. Check us out on the web at lrc.cornell.edu or follow Cornell LRC on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Speaking of Language is produced by Angelica Kramer and Sam Lupowitz. Recorded by Sam Lupowitz. Original music by Sam Lupowitz, Dan Gable, and Joe Gibson. Thanks also to the College of Arts and Sciences at Cornell University. As a reminder, the ideas and opinions expressed on this podcast do not reflect those of the College of Arts and Sciences or any other official entity of Cornell University. We thank our listeners, and do stay tuned for our next episode.